Well, welcome listeners. I am excited about an opportunity we have today to sit down with a couple of my friends. And we have with us today, Andrea Tinsley. Hello. Hello. And Rebecca Tinsley. Hi. Hi. And these ladies are, uh, they've been very hospitable and gracious to me as I'm spending some time up in near Bowling Green, Kentucky. We are at the Eagle Ridge Retreat Center or Renewal Center. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I've been blessed to be able to minister at youth camp here and kids camp is upcoming. But Andrea, can you give us a little bit of background? What is Eagle Ridge? What was the vision for Eagle Ridge? How is it uh, supported? Who who runs the camp and, and what ministries is it associated with? All right. So Eagle Ridge Retreat Center is a campground here in Bowling Green, Kentucky in the Kentucky Hills. It uh, about 360 acres sitting on the Barren River and uh, we host summer camps, fall retreats, um, weddings, group events, those kind of things. It's a facility that lots of people utilize but our church specifically um, had a vision for a new campground where our churches could gather together um, for family camp and for weekend retreats for church groups or for small groups, for women's groups, men's groups. Um, and over the years we have been doing that. Um, we currently here, uh, in our church conference, um, host a men's retreat in the fall, uh, a youth retreat in the fall, youth retreat in the spring, and then three weeks of summer camp, family camp, teen camp, and kids camp. That's awesome. And how far back does your, and both of you, your involvement go here at this property? So um, my dad was uh, in some leadership roles in the conference years ago when they purchased this property. And so he was part of the group of men who would come out um, in the fall and then the spring a couple times and uh, to help clear the land. Uh, there were lots of uh, real like shrub bushes and that kind of thing. Um, old several old barns maybe three old barns and a lot of rattlesnakes and so they would come out for men's events and they would bush hog and move brush and clean this place up and so um, that was before I came along and then I remember coming out for the groundbreaking which was in the early spring of 1990 and uh, we broke ground on the first new building that we would build here, the Mavis building. And, um, I remember they took pictures of the whole group and then all the family groups, um, who had people who had given or who had been instrumental in leadership at the time. Uh, pastors all had the opportunity to stick a shovel in the ground and scoop it out. And then they invited all the kids that were there to come up and gather around. And we all held the shovel and we got to, to, um, stick the shovel in the ground uh and I remember it was cold we wore jackets and it was just a really fun day and most of my uh best memories from childhood are out here at Eagle Ridge either at family camp um I did not come to we weren't hosting week-long camps here when I was a kid we were doing that someplace else but um by the time I got to high well to junior high seventh grade we started having week-long camps out here and so I have missed two summers since I was in seventh grade. Wow. 
That's consistency. Now, okay, so spring of 1990. So, Rebecca, you would have been there, right? I was there. I was in a blanket uh, in the vehicle with mom, wrapped up because I was just a few months old. <laughs> so, and it was cold. I, I assume it was cold that day compared to the, or looking at the pictures that um, I have seen. And so I have been at Eagle Ridge since that time. By the time I was old enough to go to camp as a camper, um, we were having camp here at Eagle Ridge. And so all of my camp memories are at Eagle Ridge. Uh, I know Andrea has some from the other location um, where we had our, where we had camp meeting, but um, all of mine are from here. And um, I think, yeah, that's all of our, all of my camp memories are from here. Family camp was always my favorite growing up. Um, kids camp was a lot of fun. I really loved teen camp. But family camp was always my favorite, and I've only missed one summer since I was old enough to go to camp, and that was um, well last summer we didn't we weren't able to host. Right. So. Okay, that's awesome. So you have really rich roots here at this property, and in this ministry. So you you did mention that you've got family camp, you've got youth camp, you've got kids camp. So Andrea, when it comes to youth camp, you've been very involved, right? The mm. past several years. Yeah. Yeah. So the very first summer um, that I had a leadership role, I had just graduated from high school and I came back as a camp counselor that summer. And um, the following year, there were some changes in leadership and uh, an uncle of mine was on the um, board of trustees at the time. And so he, uh, and with the encouragement, of a couple others invited my brother who's two years older than I am and I to co-direct a junior high camp. And that was the plan. And we were pretty excited about that. So 19 and 21 years old, uh, leading a camp and about two months before camp was supposed to start. So like end of April, we got a phone call that, um, the person there would not be a high school camp unless we hosted it so we merged junior high and high school and had students uh, from seventh grade through 12th grade at that that summer camp and so my brother and I hosted or directed in 2002 and then I directed alongside of another lady in our conference in 2003 and then I came back um, as a counselor in 2007, uh, or in 2006 and then 2007, I started directing again. The first year I co-directed with another, um, lady in the conference. And then since 2008, uh, we have been doing that out here. So yeah, last year, I guess three summers, if we count last year and, um, that we weren't able to be out here, but yeah, I've been in a leadership of some sort, um, since 2000 six and um it's been really really growing experience uh, a lot of people come along come along and around us um i think our conference still have a, a strong conviction about camping ministry and the experiences that students have and um, what god can do when they step out of life as usual into a um a natural place a quiet place a place that has little to no cell service or Wi-Fi and right. all those kind of things. So they truly unplug and, um, through the gears, even though I was really young when I stepped into leadership, um, I always had pastors and leaders coming around my, 
my mom has cooked at at camp since 2000 what 2002 she I think she cooked at camp the first two years I directed and then she I don't know that she's missed more than a handful of camps or retreats since 2006 so she has been highly involved engaged we've had a lot of other um, people uh, in our family who've been involved but but really in our church family who have just been willing to rearrange their schedule so they could be out here for a weekend and bring students or carpool navigate all that just to get students here and so it's a in a lot of ways it it may be a youth camp but it's uh it is definitely family supported uh the church that we're part of and so that's been that's been really incredible to me over the years because i know that not um not everyone in leadership has that kind of experience um i know a lot of people a lot of friends of mine who've been in ministry a long time and been in leadership roles kind of feel like they're out there on their own and there are certainly moments that i feel that way but um, more times than not out here, it is a group effort. Um, someone has to make the decision at the last minute or well in advance of the last minute, someone has to make the call, but we're, we really do work well together and, and lean into each other's strengths and, and, and count on each other. Um, and so it's, that's just been a really cool experience. And I think it's been a, a really profound thing for students to watch that it, it really takes people from a lot of different walks and um, we're not all pastors out here who are working. We come from all different vocations and careers. And I think it speaks highly to them when they realize that um, their counselors, their leaders take a week of vacation off of their job, uh, unpaid leave to come and participate in the, the camping ministry here. So. Right. Now, the, the last time that I came, it was just for a retreat, so just a couple days in and out, a couple messages. But it's been really fun to see the the organization of it all, and staff meetings, and how the days structured, and just ministering to all the different needs of the kids. We've got the needs for them to get that energy out. We've got the need for them to build relationships with each other, and then we also have that time for them to really just zone in. And one thing I have to say, and Rebecca was always telling me about this because we worked together at a school in Texas and I'm still there. And obviously she's back up here in God's beautiful country. And, uh, where I come from, things are really flat, a lot of plains, coastal plains. And she would always tell me about this place and it was so peaceful and just sacred, you know, it just sounded consecrated. And, and that's what I've experienced each time that I've been here. You know, we're kind of back in the woods, like you talked about, but there's just something about the property. And I believe that that's a reflection of the, the vision and the heart of the ministry that's managing the property and how peaceful it is, how at ease people are here. There's just like this covering. You know, when people are here, they all are aligned in that one purpose. Like This is why we're here. This is what God is doing in this place. So kind of in that same vein, Rebecca, can you talk to me a little bit about kids ministry? I know we're getting excited because the kids camp is about to start. What's that going to look like? Well, uh, my very good friend Jalen and I, um, we grew up in camp together. She was actually, she's a little bit younger than me. So one of my very first years as a counselor or, um, junior counselor, I guess it was a transition year and Jalen was in my cabin and we've just been the closest of friends since we were kids. And so, um, several years ago, the need for a kids camp director, um, 
arose. And so we decided that we would take that opportunity to co-direct. And we have co-directed since, I think, 2012, um, 2012 or 2013. Um, and so it's we're, we're moving in on a, a good uh, stretch of time that we have directed together. And so I'm super excited about Kids Camp. Um, they are a different population than our than our youth campers um and it's it's a lot of fun you can have um we have to have a lot more structure with our kids camp but it doesn't matter what you present to them they are super thrilled uh to be a part of it they think that uh everything is a surprise everything is a gift everything is just super exciting everything is awesome (laughs) in their opinion most of the time now there's a little bit of homesickness that comes about wednesday of every kids camp but um no the kid the kids it's a lot of fun um i teach teenagers so I feel like I can probably talk to teenagers maybe a little bit better than small humans, but um, kids camp is a lot of fun because you can take small, enjoyable things and like it just it just blows their mind. And so um, there's a lot of energy going into kids camp um, because they are super excited about everything. Like next week, um, our cabins will be named after different bones in the body because we're doing the valley of the dry bones and so i'm looking forward to telling you know the ulnas that they're the ulnas and the carpals that they're the carpals (laughs) because they will think that's the coolest thing ever that's awesome (laughs) so it's it's a lot of fun to have the younger ones um just because they are super excited and they just want to they just want to be at camp and they want to do kp and they want to clean things and they want to they want to be a part of everything that's going on here at camp and um with our service project that we did this week with andrea's teenagers um they love that they know that that's part of like that's them that is them putting themselves into this place. But our kids really like the younger ones really thrive on that because that's they get to really be a part of like it makes them feel like they're a part of Eagle Ridge physically. I've noticed so. that it's not necessarily a um, like a turnkey solution. I guess some people would say like we don't show up and everything is done for the kids. Like mm-hmm. they come and they see like you were saying earlier, the counselors are former campers. The families are here. I've noticed that we've got uh, a mother of one of the campers. We've got former campers. We've got generations of servants. Mm-hmm. And the kids seeing that and then participating in that, I feel like it builds part of that culture. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily like some, we're going to Disneyland and all of our needs are going to be met. But through this process, when they're learning, when they're being ministered to, they are also participating. They've mm-hmm. got rotating cleanup schedules in the kitchen. They've got responsibilities to clean their cabins. They have service projects. Andrea, can you walk us through what, what happened with the prayer garden this week? Uh, so... Um with our theme coming from Isaiah and the idea that God is doing new things, um, we started talking about how we can restore some of the uh, the beauty, beautiful places that we have here on campus. And we have a beautiful prayer garden. And uh, with last year with COVID, not being able to be out here on the grounds like we mm-hmm. have in years past, um, I think there were very few reservations throughout the entire year. We ca- we came out for fall and spring retreat. We weren't able to do summer camp last summer. And so right. there are just a lot of things that um, that just need to be checked in on and, and, and worked on. And so we focused on the idea of how Jesus left an example for us of going away to deserted places, to solitary places. He would leave the action, uh, leave the crowd, leave the pressing in of people 
to get away to be with his father. And so we physically um, cultivated a solitary place. Like that mm-hmm. was our goal. And so the students um, within, what, 35 minutes unloaded an entire load of mulch and had it spread uh, on the paths in the prayer garden. Uh, another group spent their time with trimmers um, cutting branches and pulling out weeds and um, loading brush. And then the the other group also uh, mulched again. And so we've kind of spruced up the prayer garden a little bit, created a little more homey space there. And um, the other project they've been working on is they've created stepping stones to go in the prayer garden. I saw and uh, there are four entrances in the prayer garden. So we started out with the plan to build four. We've made six mm-hmm. and have a seventh one in the works right now. And um, I asked the students to consider a, an image, a picture that they could use um, porcelain tile and aquarium rocks and and those kind of things to create a inviting picture a welcoming picture of something that is that speaks of the peace of God the um the quiet that he invites us into and so um they finish those this afternoon we'll be placing them um in the prayer garden tomorrow tonight uh part of our service we will allow each of the groups to come up and uh talk a little bit about the picture and what it means to them and why they, how they decided on that. And it's just opportunity for them to put their hands in the dirt here at Eagle Ridge. Um, kind of like you do at your own home. I mean, there are things that you do at your house that make it yours beyond just your name being on the title. Um, sure that makes it yours, but the things that you do, the, the flowers you plant and the, the decorations you hang, all that makes it yours. And mm-hmm. and our heart is that they would recognize that this place belongs to them, not because they earned it and not because they're entitled to it, but because it's been offered to them as a gift and it's an inheritance that, that goes back generations. And, um, and one way to feel connected, one way to feel like you have ownership is to be involved, be engaged. And so, uh, service projects, I think, bring that out, uh, in, in us, uh, it does when we do community work, right. When we step into a community and we say, I want to help do X, Y, or Z, all of a sudden our heart is turned toward that project. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so when we, um, when they work on projects here, their hearts get intertwined um with the place here and so that's what they've been they've been working on this week it it looks really great i'm really proud of them and and that prayer garden um is in memory and honor of of some that we have loved who've gone on home to heaven and and who Mm -hmm. lived well before us were faithful to the lord and were active in camping ministry and so uh not only do the students get to put themselves in the project they also are honoring the heritage of those who came before them right. by um by sprucing that that space up that's awesome it has been such a joy to see not just what's happening in the the lives of these children but also to see behind the scenes and how generations of families are contributing and believing in the mis- mission of what God is doing here at Eagle Ridge. So I, I want to wrap up with a question for each of you. Rebecca, this will be more student geared because mm-hmm. I know that you and I both work with mm-hmm. young people in a secular sense as well as in mm-hmm. the church. And Andrea, I'll ask you a little bit more on like the family side, but in regards to a form of retreat or a getaway, 
Rebecca, what would you say to encourage youth ministers about the necessity of finding a place or finding a, a camp, maybe not, you know, in this particular region of the U.S., but maybe people, right. whoever's listening to the podcast, consider what is the importance of having a place where you can take your kids and, and have them focus on what God's doing, have opportunities to serve a place like this. What's the importance of that? Well, I think you answered it when you said having the availability for your kids to focus. Um, we don't have time or energy to focus on any one thing when we're in the classroom and running from um, sports event to sports event um, to um, all the different conventions that students go to and, and things that happen during the school year. And then summer takes over and you have softball and swimming and all of your um, summer activities, family vacation, going to the lake, all those things. So to etch out a time to bring students to or take students away from their daily um, hustle and bustle from one place to another and to take them to somewhere where, yeah, we, we have a schedule. Um, we've got a lot of things that we accomplish over the course of a week, um, but where their attention is, they are hyper-focused on um, growing in the Lord and hearing God's word and seeing an example of leaders um, in front of them, not just their leader, but just, but also other leaders and different stories of what's happened in their life. Um, so they get a different perspective. But when you take a place, when you take a moment to bring them to a place where that's what, that is what you're doing for an entire week. You're living and breathing a pause in time. You're taking a minute to hyper-focus on God because you don't have softball practice to go to. You don't have the lake to go to. You don't have to mow your yard <laughs> for yeah. five days or seven days, however long it is. Um, so it just, it provides a moment to focus. Um, and I feel like that that is also um, our kids leave camp refocused every time they're here, whether it be retreat, whether it be camp. And I don't want them to always rely on Eagle Ridge to right. be their focus, or you don't want them always to rely on whatever camp situation you take them into or retreat situation you take them into. Mm. You don't want them to live on those those highs, but um, it is nice to have a place that you can go to and step out of all the crazy that, that floats around and spins around us, and you can actually focus on, on God for the weekend. Fortunately, here, like Andrea mentioned earlier, we don't have a lot of... Um, cell phone signal and Wi-Fi is very limited. And so right. that's that's a beautiful thing because I walked into my cabin earlier this week and um, this was not during, we had, we'd given up phones one day, but um, this was not during that time. This was just a normal afternoon. I walked in and all their phones were like plugged up like on their beds. Like they didn't have them with them. And it wasn't because I had asked them. Um, we encouraged them to leave them, you know, in their rooms. But these girls had just decided that that was... They didn't, they, they didn't need it. Yeah. They didn't need it for that time. And um, so that was that was really cool to see. That got my attention because I was kind of cleaning the room and vacuuming. And, and so I just noticed that all their phones were, were laying on their beds. And I was like, hmm, they, they have, whether they intentionally took it to heart that we had talked about taking a step back from social media or whether they just really in this place do not need it because they're having face-to-face -face conversation and talking with other humans 
with their voice and not with their fingers. Like right. that's, um, that's, I think that's the beauty of, of taking students to a camp or a retreat situation is they have that face to face that they, they don't do when they're at home right. sitting on their bed, texting or snapping or, you know, communicating virtually um as opposed to in real life so yeah there's been a lot of uh, virtual communication this yeah. year it's enough of that <laughs> yeah I'm d- yeah we're done with that <laughs> all right and andrea let me ask you on the family side you know a lot of parents would readily agree with rebecca be like yeah you know i'll send my kid to camp i'll send my kid to camp but talk to me eagle ridge is a place for families as well can you speak to the importance of taking time as a family to focus and and just hear god together absolutely um i think every time we are intentional about doing uh, that, doing something uh, in community where we gather our attention in one direction. I think um, God shows up and and there is grace in the moment that he uh, engages with us and he uh, maybe speaks something new or something old, something that we know already or something that uh, we hadn't thought about. I think there's grace in, in that moment, but there's also grace in the unpacking it for the the weeks and years to come. I think there's a great benefit in the shared experience and the shared memory making that happens when a family does it together. Um, the truth of it is parents are their first, um, their children's first teacher, their first discipler. And whether they do a fabulous job of it or whether they feel they missed the mark, they're children are learning from them and so um dropping them off at uh church for children's ministry or dropping them off to get on the bus to go to youth ministry events uh is beautiful and it's wonderful and and i'm grateful that families do that but for families to get in the car together and go do it together to be discipled together to be challenged and encouraged together and then um be a parents being empowered to disciple their children intentionally mm-hmm. um that makes a huge difference in in the lives of young people uh to have a, a heritage of faith set before them children still make their own choices we can say all the right things and do all the right things and they can still um shrug their shoulders and and maybe step out of um of faith and and go through their own years of wrestling, but the memories that they made, the conversations that they hold on to, um, I do believe come back. I believe that when, um, when they are faced with the, the questions of the enemy and they're in battle, there are memories that come up that spring forth grace and mercy in their lives again of, but I remember, I remember that my mom was there for me. And I remember that she took off work so that we could do this thing together as a family. I remember that my dad showed up and he thought it was important that I go and he was willing to drive the van so that we could all be there. You know, I think, um, I think there's been seasons in youth ministry where parents have been, um, politely or not so politely invited to step out and let the uh, the youth leaders, the youth directors, the youth volunteers do the work of discipling. Uh, and I just think that's that's a, an injustice to the the role of the mother and father, the parent, the grandparent, the aunt, the uncle who um, have been given to this child. This child has been given to them, and um, and so to do it as a family, I think there are. Um, long-term positive results that can come from that. And uh, 
I don't know, I just, I, I often tell my students that I want them to remember these moments with their families, with each other, with their youth leaders at camp, these shared experiences. I want them to hold on to it because when life gets hard, because it will, uh, Jesus promised that you will have trouble. Um, it's not a surprise to anybody that life gets hard. And when you encounter those really tough and difficult moments, I want those memories of, but I remember that the speaker came and said that I was worth worth more than this. I, I am loved and I have value and I have purpose and I have potential. And, and I didn't know that speaker. And so I didn't know if they were telling me the truth or not, but then my counselor like said it in every single way she could think of because, um, she just loved me and was there for me and she put up with me. And, you know, and so when those questions of like, am I worth it? Am, do I have value? Does God see me? Um, those questions that the enemy throws at young, young adults I'm thinking about, you know, when you cross over from high school through college or career and, and you're stepping out and building a life of your own, you're faced with all these questions about, am I who I, you know, who am I? I thought I figured out when I was 15, but now I don't know again. And, and I think those, um, those questions that come up, um, we don't always have perfect answers for them, but I do think that the memories of, family discipleship of, of shared experiences where other people came around and proclaimed the truth of God's word in their lives. I think that comes back. I think those are memories embedded in us and, um, the truth that, that is in us will prevail over the lie of the enemy. And so for families to do it together, it's just, um, one more privilege of being in family and being community, but also, um, just the privilege of growing in Christ together as one. I think that's, that's huge. And I think, um, if I could encourage families to do that, uh, please don't, don't assume that, you know, your children's workers know more about your kid than you do, or that your youth leaders know more about youth ministry than you do. They may, the reality is in all the years of youth ministry that I've been serving in almost two get over two decades, um, I don't say anything new. There's nothing profound that comes out of my mouth that their right. parents have not already said. I just, they just happen to hear me. Yeah. And so, um, again, if, I say if, unto you, right? Yeah, you know, so if the parents are, are doing it, living into it, discipling, and I get to come alongside of, as a helper in that, that is such privilege and, um, and a reinforcement of the truth that's already been spoken as a family. That goes back to the, um, the village mentality that you were both talking about, that it's not just, you know, I drop my kid off or unfortunately like this past year, I make sure that my kids on their online class, but it's an experience. And when you're both speaking about this, it just kind of bubbled up the difference between a tradition and an activity. Like an activity is just something to fill the time. You know, I've got you uh, scheduled for practice. So that takes two hours of our time and we're going to watch a movie and that's another two hours of our time. And then you know, you could do whatever you want until dinner. So there's another hour and a half of your time. And in such a fast paced world, everything is just activities to fill the time. But if it's tradition where we say we're going to make time for this, we're going to set aside time for this. One thing I was mentioning to the kids earlier this week is that time is your highest sacrifice. I mean, they don't have jobs. They can't, you know, give necessarily like a significant financial offerings to the Lord or or different things like that, vows, pledges, what they have, their their highest prized possession is their time. 
And for them to see that modeled in a family context, like, oh, church, it's not just another activity. It's on a higher priority list. It Mm -hmm. is what we're going to build around, not just fit in. Mm -hmm. And that's the value that I see in ministries like this, where the kids are coming and enjoying themselves, but it's not just another fun activity. Mm -hmm. This is ministry to you. This is you're going to get your hands dirty. You're going to get you know, your shoe's dirty, and you, we've seen a lot of Band-Aids go through this week, <laughs> a lot of dirt, a lot of dust, but also uh, a lot of cleansing as well. And I've been blessed just to be here for the whole week and just to roll with the punches and be up late with the kids and fun stuff like variety shows and inflatable water slides and things, but also to see the Lord moving in their heart. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm from mm-hmm. a thousand miles away, and to see and feel that same spirit here that I have back home. I think that's a beautiful picture of the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, we're all in different areas. We all have slightly different approaches, but so long as we're all focused on Christ and his redeeming work in the family, and especially now in such a a dangerous culture in the heart of a child, Mm -hmm. I'm so blessed that I had that opportunity to come be here at this place with you all. Yeah. We're very thankful that you're here. Absolutely. We're so glad that you got to be here with us and more than just the weekend. We were grateful a couple of years ago when you were able to come down and, and speak and share. And, um, and I was grateful that you were able to get back down here for, uh, two weeks. So, uh, it's, it's a special place. We love it and we love to share it with people we care about, um, because it's, it's a sacred, it's a sacred place and, and truly any place where, where you are intentional about, seeking the Lord becomes a sacred space. And so it's fun to, to do that here together. That's awesome. Well, I do want to close our time in prayer today. You have all been great guests. I've really enjoyed. It's just been a natural conversation amongst friends. Um, but if anybody wants to learn more about this particular ministry, Eagle Ridge, the retreat center and stuff, is there a, pl- a way they can get a hold of it? Is a website or a phone number? I do believe that we have um, an Instagram and a Facebook. And if you just Google um, Eagle Ridge Retreat Center. It'll pop up Eagle Ridge Renewal Center, but it will take you. I mean, all the information is listed there: address, phone number, um, things like that. We have a we have a camp um, manager that lives here on site, and so he is in charge of booking. And um, if you reach out um, via website or the phone number, I think that's listed there, you will probably be in contact with Scott Clark and that is our, um, that's our manager. And so he can get you hooked up as far as like setting up dates if you wanted to come out. Yeah. It's a beautiful place. And the Lord is moving here at 8744 Barron River Road in Bowling Green, Kentucky, 42101. Did I get that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies, I would like to close our time in prayer. And I want to thank all of you who are listening. Again, if you want to find out more information, go ahead and look them up. If the Lord puts it on your heart to support them financially, or if you are in the neighborhood and you want to swing on by, just know that you'll be welcomed like family with open arms. But can I pray for you in this ministry? Absolutely. Lord, we are so thankful for the adventures that we had this week, and I'm excited just to see you moving all over the nation and knowing that you're doing the same thing all over the world, meeting people where they are and speaking to them in a way that they can understand you. And Lord, we just pray for the students in not just this place, but we encourage all student ministers from the youngest to the oldest. God, you are moving in their hearts, and we understand that we are facing a battle for the soul 
of a generation. God, help us not to be discouraged. Thank you that we can come alongside co-laborers in the field. Even as Christ said, pray to the Lord of the harvest because the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. Lord, stir up in the hearts even of young adults right now, even of children right now, even children that I've talked to this week who say, you know what, I feel like God is calling me into student ministry. Lord, place more workers in this end-time harvest. We know that the time is short before your return. We see some crazy things going on in this world. But we are reminded when we enter a sacred, holy place like this, where it is an appointed time for us to enter into your presence and that generations can encourage each other in the traditions of the faith. Lord, we're so thankful for the ministers here and we join hands with the body of Christ all around the world. May this retreat property prosper for generations to come, and may the gospel message continue to be preached until you return. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. I think uh, that's that's a good way to, to wrap this up. Thank you guys so much for listening. And like I said, if you want to learn more about Eagle Ridge, you can go ahead and check them out. And until next time, we'll see you guys later.